challenge is, you know, not listening to outside voices a lot of times. A lot of times we wait for other people to say, hey, you're good, you're smart, you're beautiful, but what about you? Are you saying those same things to yourself first? Hey there, success buddy. Welcome to the Leaving Nowhere podcast with me, Candace Willie. I created this podcast for you. I've spent my entire life learning lessons the hard way. Through those experiences, I've realized that all roads really do lead to success. Sometimes we just need better directions on how to get there. Join my guests and I in learning how Leaving Nowhere can help you get to exactly where you want to be. We'll share stories of success and the various methods we've used to help us get there. Let Leaving Nowhere be a compass in helping you achieve your greatest desires. So your journey to success starts here. Welcome to the Leaving Nowhere podcast. Boy, you are in for a treat today. Our episode is about getting clarity, getting empowered, and taking action. Today's guest is all about personal development and empowerment. She is a CEO, a TV show host, award-nominated best-selling author of the book, Own Your Amazing. And for over 25 years, she has literally helped people find their voices. As a speech language pathologist, her job has been helping her clients to discover their voices. It is my pleasure to introduce and welcome Dr. Denise Moore Ravel to our show. Denise, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I am thrilled to have you have this opportunity and to talk to you and you know more than anything share your message around owning your own amazing it's a movement I know that you've started, so I'm excited to hear about that. Before we dive into the topic of owning your amazing, I would love for you to share a bit about who you are and what was the catalyst for this fantastic work that you are doing. Yes. So um, again, I'm Dr. Denise, and um, I call myself an urban bell. <laughs> I don't see <laughs> like, what is that? So I was raised in a major city. I'm sorry, I was born in a major city. I was born in Washington, D.C., but I was actually raised in a small town in North Carolina. And so that's where you get the urban and the southern male <laughs> part. And so uh, with that, you know, my, my, I said my roots run deep in the South, but just grew up in a large family, you know, had a lot of, you know, good community around me, just had a great family and great parents and, and siblings. I'm the youngest of five children and was very nurtured. But with all of that, <laughs> I still have my own struggles, my own insecurities, and just really trying to figure out who I am for myself not who I am for my family, not who I am for the community, but who is Denise for Denise? And so I started on this journey of self-discovery. Like, who am I, you know? After doing all the things they told me to do, go to college, get a good job, did all of that. And still it was kind of like, well, what else? Is this it for me? Is this all my life is? And so again, I got on this path of self-discovery and it led me to a weekend retreat. And so at this particular weekend retreat, I met a uh, participant. We got we had got a chance to know each other, went to dinner, all those kind of good things. And so then the next day, it was my turn to be in front of the room with the facilitator. And so as soon as I sat down in the chair, I just started crying. I just don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel happy. And I don't know why. And so the young lady who I had gone out to dinner with the night before, she looked at me and said, well, I know why. I know what's wrong with you. 
Yeah, mind yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> we just met. <laughs> I've been on this self-discovery journey for years, and here this person was to tell me what was wrong with me, right? So these are all the things that are going through my head. But I just looked at her and I said, oh, really? You know what's wrong with me? She said, yes. She said, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're brilliant, but you don't own it. You need to own your amazing and stop playing small. I was like, that's it. How did you know me so well? (laughs) (laughs) So that was really the formal um, beginning of the Own Your Amazing movement is that we really have to own how amazing we really are and stop playing small for the world. That's truly incredible advice. What I really love about what you said is you were living a good life by, by yeah. social standards, right? Like you were checking the box, you went to school, you were doing all the things that were, that you thought you were supposed to do, but yet that fulfillment or that gap in your heart just wasn't filled. So I, I love that a st- somewhat stranger was able to enlighten you and give you not just the tools, but the language to, to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I do need to own it. So what, what a beautiful message and what an inspiring story. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. Can you share how, um, you know, I know that's how it began, but what really put you into action? What was that lever that really triggered next steps for you? I remember after the retreat, I went home and I was sharing what happened with um, my sisters. I have three sisters and other family members. And they were like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And so I realized like, oh, it's not just me (laughs) who have been feeling this way. And so it's like, oh, we all need to own our amazing. We all need to really embrace who we are. And so as I started just sharing my message with family and friends, and it began to grow. And other women who I thought, who I looked at, thought like, oh my gosh, she must really feel confident. She must really feel good because, you know, she has the corner office. She has these, this amazing husband, amazing kids. But when I talked to her, she was like, but no, I still feel empty inside. I still feel like there's more for me. And so that's how it started. It was kind of like just spread. Other women like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. You feel that way too? And so I think what has happened is when you have a level of what society view as success, you know? Yep. But in, and, you, and so inside, you don't feel successful. You feel, you're still feeling like you're not enough, mm-hmm. that you're still not, you know, doing what all, all you know you can do. But you're afraid to say that because other people are looking at you like, oh my God, you have this amazing life. You're like, well, I do, but I am not feeling fulfilled. I am not feeling happy. And so we, we sit in silence and we stay quiet. And I call it living a, a life of quiet desperation. We want someone to say, hey, it's okay that you're not okay. and You want more for your life or you got this degree, but now you want to do something totally different that has nothing to do with your degree. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's how this movement has really been taking root. Me really talking with other women who have been feeling the same way I have been feeling. And it's like, I'm, uh, I think I'm helping to give them permission to say, what is it that you really want out of your life? How do you want to create your work-life balance? What does your family life look like? What do you want? Do you want to travel the world? What kind of work do you want? What lights you up? And really helping people to understand that it's okay for you to own it and for you to have the amazing life that you really want for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I want to go back to the comment where you said more or less pivoted, like you, you shifted and, you know, you were like, I'm going to do something completely different. How did you tell people about that? So when you were, when people would ask, how would you explain it? That is such a good question because as you said in my bio, I am a speech language pathologist. I still do practice. I have a private practice. And so I was trying to separate the two, like, oh, I do speech therapy over here, but I love doing life coaching and personal empowerment for women. And one of the one of my good close friends, you know, she was like, it's the same thing. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. I mean, here I help people talk and get empowered and self-expression. And, and really find their voice, literally at times, you know? Yeah. And she was like, well, that's what you're doing for us over here as women. I was like, Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Once I have been really able to embrace the two worlds and say they're not separate worlds, I really am helping people to find their voice. And once I say, said that and really embraced it, it's like, oh, it makes sense because I want people to really live out their authentic selves and have self-expression. So it's not really a pivot. It's more of an extension. You know, I really, truly love what I'm doing. Uh, Such a great point it is. It's an extension of you. In my day job, I had shared with you, I do talent development and I train and I I coach and I give feedback and all day long. And when I wanted to start this podcast similar to you, I, I, I kind of felt like they were separate. And then I realized I'm a teacher and I'm an educator at heart. This is just another way to think about it. And I love that. I'm going to use that. I'm stealing. It's an extension. (laughs) (laughs) Because it really is, you know, like, yeah, it is an extension of us. Yes, it is. And it's an extension of what we do every day. So it's not like it's completely recreating yourself or pivoting. So great point. (laughs) And I love that. Who is the own your amazing movement for really? I know you've mentioned women, but is there a specific person or is it everybody? I tend to attract women, professional women, particularly who, again, look good on paper, mm-hmm. who <laughs> have checked all the boxes. And, but again, they're afraid to say, this isn't it for me. <laughs> <laughs> they whisper like, this isn't it, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of my clients, she was uh, an attorney an amazing attorney working for a very prestigious law firm in, in, in Washington, D.C. But she secretly said, hey, I want to open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell my family, you know, so those kind of women, you know, mm-hmm. or again, who have had, you know, levels of success. But then they were like, now there's something more I want to do. I have a person I'm working with. She's been a guidance counselor for years. She opened up a um, after school program for children because she she loves working with kids, but she really wants to empower the community. So these are kind of women who maybe be in the second act of their life or maybe for some the first act. And so um, those are the women I tend to attract um, to the movement. But, I, you know, I say I'm, it's open for any and everybody who's really trying to own who they are. You know, I really encourage every woman to do that. I do have some men who hang on the fringes. You know, like you say, they, they come in, they've come into the camp, but they come, they're there. And one guy was like, you need to get more men. I was like, you need to bring them. <laughs> bring them with you. <laughs> bring your buddies, you know, because they're, you know, men want to own their amazing too. They want to feel empowered as well. So it's really for women who, who say, I want more. Uh, I want to feel more fulfilled. I really want to get on purpose. 
and really just really show up more powerfully in my life. Yeah, it it makes sense to me. I I think about different points of my life and to some extent reinvention of myself at different points of my life just depending on what the my life needs have been. If it was when my my children were out of the house finally and I recognized that it could be about me. I remember my dog going, my son going, why did you get dogs? And I'm like, cause you left. I have to have something to take care of. And then, re- you know, recognizing that it was really something I had wanted to do for a long time, but didn't because it was just already a lot taking care of kids. So it's interesting how we start to frame up the things that make us happier, the things that we change and do. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we're having this conversation today with today, you know, really representing Women's History uh, Month, which is very exciting. Yeah. And truly an empowering time for women to think about all the historical landmarks that we have. That leads me to, why did you write your book? Who were you trying to influence? First of all, let me say, um, the story behind the book is that I never thought I would be an author. I never thought I would write a book. That was never kind of on my radar. But when I started the movement and I was working with a business coach and she mentioned it, I said, hey, why don't you write a book? This you know, another great way to get your message out. And I was like, no, I can't write a book. I'm not, I can't write. I'm not an author. And it's because when I was in high school, my 12th grade English teacher told me that I was one of the worst writers he had ever had. And that really messed with my confidence. So that had been playing in my head for years. Oh, you're not a writer. And writing had always come a little harder for me. It was a challenge for me, but I worked through it and did well. But to have this person to say that just really undermined the little confidence I had in my writings. So I never thought I would write a book, never thought I would be an author. And so I said, um, I'll think about it. But I knew I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so the person kept asking, well, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And I was like, well, I don't know. She said, well, what if it could help someone? That's what she got me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what she got me. She said, what if you can write your book and someone reads it and it makes a difference in their life? I said, okay, I'll do it. That is the only reason why I did it. Because I said, if one person could pick up the book and it makes a difference in their life, it was worth it. Yep. It gives you that opportunity to cast your net wider too. So the internet and podcasts and all these things allow you to extend your reach to women everywhere. But a book is just another great vehicle to make sure people are hearing your message, which is an amazing message. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) And I'm glad that you decided to write your book. It's great work. I'm glad I did too. (laughs) Got Grammarly? If not, why not? It's free. If you regularly send business emails, post on social media, or simply like to write, this app's for you. And did I mention the basic app is free? I stepped up my writing game by downloading the Grammarly app. You can access the app at leavingnowhere.com on the podcast page. Your writing will be at its best. Get Grammarly. So let's talk about some of the challenges that face women when they're when they're trying to practice the um, own your amazing beliefs and, and, and those elements that really are going to change your life. What are some of those challenges? One challenge that I, I face, and I hear that a lot of women face, is really trying to, try to define for themselves who they are for themselves. I'm really big about that. You know, one of the things I always say, that, you know, the most important relationship you ever have is the one that you have with yourself. 
Yes. But that's the most neglected relationship that we have. And so we spend so much time outside of ourselves, allowing other people to define us, allowing other people to say, well, you should do this, you should do that. And so I tell people, you really have to balance all of that and really get quiet with yourself and say, well, who is, who is Denise for Denise? Not who my parents say I should be, my, my sisters or my siblings, my job. Who, who am I for me? That's just basic, but I find like when, I'm, when I start coaching women, the first thing I ask them, well, who are you? Based on what? Is that based on what someone told you about you? It, or, or what that- sounds good, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that's the, that's the crux of it. It's right. The challenge is really taking the time to really define yourself for yourself. And secondly, not listening to so many outside voices about who you are and what you can have. And how your life's supposed to look. I had a lot of shoes in my life. I should do this. I should do that. But at the end of the day, I was like, well, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> As I think about it, I don't want that. And so just really having the strength and the courage to say, I'm going to listen to my own voice. I'm going to let it have the most importance in my life. I'm going to define success for myself. I'm going to define, you know, what, what my life is going to look like for me. The challenge is, you know, not listening to outside voices a lot of times to um, impact us. You know, in my book, I have a chapter called, you know, confirming your own brilliance. You have to you have to affirm it for yourself. A lot of times we wait for other people to say, hey, you're good. You're smart. You're beautiful. But what about you? Are you saying those same things to yourself first? And then the other challenge I hear that we all struggle with is self-care. <laughs> I talk a lot about self-care. Because a lot of times as women, we have been taught to take care of other people first. And we are last on our own list. And oftentimes we, we feel so depleted. We feel so um, empty. It's because we've given so much to so many other people that we haven't taken the time to give to ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And I tell women, it's never a thing about not doing for anyone else. But I just encourage women to do for themselves first. So they said, how can you give from an empty wagon? So if my cup is full and running over. It's easy for me to give to other people. But oftentimes we try to give them empty cups, empty wagons, and we feel burned out. We, we are bitter, <laughs> we're, we're angry, <laughs> we're tired. All those things is because we have not taken the time to fill ourselves up first. Yeah. So it's such a great point. And, and as people start to make that shift and they start to find that clarity, I know there's a little bit of guilt that comes in and, you know, what advice do you have for, for managing through that, that guilt of recognizing I'm, I'm not being selfish, but I, I'm being, you know, selfless by giving to myself. Sure, Absolutely. Sure. That is a big one. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it kind of, it's kind of ironic that we feel guilty about taking care of ourselves. That's a message that we really need to dismantle and really just get out of our, our lives because self-care is not selfish. It's, it's actually a very self-love act a self-love for yourself and a self-love for those who you serve again if i have filled my cup up i'm feeling great it's easier for me to give to you i'm happier i'm, I'm more present I, my energy is up so i'm better able to serve those i care the most about and so someone had to really work with me and, and talk to me about that you know and so i get it you know it's like i take time for myself i take time to uh, replenish myself because the work I do as a speech pathologist and also even working as an empowerment coach, it can be very draining. 
And if I don't take the time to go and replenish myself, to, to refresh myself, I can't really do the work that I love to do because it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It's so, a lot to give. Yeah. It's a lot to give. And I give a lot on a regular basis. And so, you know, self-care is a regular part of my life. Now, it didn't used to be. Uh, but now that it is, you know, and I take time for me, I'm happier, I'm more productive uh, because um, ultimately I really want to serve. Mm-hmm. And so the best way for me to really serve is to go take care of myself first and then come and serve. Yeah. No, it it is. You mentioned energy. It's almost like you need an energy meter. So it, it you know, and I know you always see the graphics of it's like an empty fuel tank, right? It's interesting because it's also very easy to get sucked back into it, right? So you start to fill up your energy and you're feeling good and you're inspired and you're motivated and you're moving along. And, you know, I think about like even this past year, you know, the pandemic hits and all of a sudden your life changes. How easily do you shift back into the lane that, that is draining your, your, your fuel tank? So, so what do you do when those life occurrences happen or what advice would you have is, I'm doing well. I found clarity. I'm moving along and now I'm derailed. What advice would you have? And, you know, you have to realize that's life, you know, (laughs) and for me, it's a matter of being aware and say, okay, yeah, I'm off the rails again. (laughs) Let's just get back because we have, I have the tools to do it. It's just getting back on the rail. I don't beat myself up about it. I just say, okay, you know, you just need to take some time to rest. You know, you need to get back into your discipline of your yoga or your journaling, all those things that really fill me up. And so I just get back on track and get back at it. I don't beat myself up about it. Again, that's because that's another act of self-love. Not beating myself. Mm-hmm. I used to be very critical and beat myself. Oh my God, yeah. No, that's not self-love either. So self-love says, you know, I'm going to be kind and gentle. I'm going to be compassionate with myself. <laughs> and then, you know, then it helps me to get back on track, to get back into doing those things that I really care about. What I appreciate about what you just said too, is that it, it's what fill, fulfills you. So for you, it's journaling, it's yoga. I, I know for me, I need alone time. Like if, if it's two hours in the bath, let's, listening to an audio book. Some people it's going for a run. Some people it's spending time with their family. So it's recognizing too what those energizers are. What is the plug-in, right? So I, I love that you know what yours are. So when you get derailed, you can get back on, which is great. So how can women get involved in the OIA movement? The first thing I tell them to go check me out, you know, <laughs> make mm-hmm. sure that we're a great fit. Make sure this is something that you feel like can serve you. I, you know, I love everyone. I won't be come, 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 but I really want it to be a good fit for people and feel like this is a community, a movement that you can get behind uh, because I need that type of energy. We, because the community that we've created is very encouraging. It's very mm-hmm. empowering. You know, we cheer each other on and we also hold each other very accountable too. And so if that's what you're looking for, then we, you know, encourage you to come, come join us. You know, they can definitely go to my website and tell people to find me on Facebook as well, because that's where I, I hang out a lot and make a lot of announcements about workshops and things like that. But that's where all the other people are, too, because if you post something, you know, I might make a comment, but other people make a comment like, hey, congratulations. Keep going. You know, we need community. Yes. We yes. need each other to say, hey, oh, you're amazing. I can't own it for you. You can't own it for me, but we can encourage one another to do that. You know, I, I, you mentioned community. And again, I think it's so important right now where we're all not getting out as frequently and we're not able to pick up on the synergies 
that other people share with us. So it's great that you have that opportunity online so that it is encouragement. And I also love the accountability piece. So those days when you're, when you are off track, somebody's going to call you out on it and help you get back there, which is fantastic. I'm really inspired by your message and how you're helping women find their voice. And I would also love you to share a bit about your new TV show, The Amazing Life Project. Can you share the details with our listeners? Yes, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Again, did not go looking for this opportunity. It, it fell in my lap, but it, it, and it came about last year, the end of last year. But during that time, I kept saying, I'm going to say yes to opportunities. Yes, yes, yes. But when this opportunity came, I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I got to do it. And so again, it's called Amazing Life Project. I know amazing people. I, in my inner circle, my professional life, I just know amazing people who, has, who have amazing stories that I want other people to know about. But more importantly, the show is about bringing people on to help us all to know what is possible. Because a lot of times, if we don't see it, we don't know it's possible. Right. And so, you know, I, I'm having people on who, who struggle with different issues, who overcame it, you know, who didn't have a business, now run a multi-million dollar company. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, here's a person to show you that is possible. And if, if they can do it, then so can you. So uh, again, the show, the premise is bringing on people to help us understand that it's possible to live an amazing life. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, the courage piece is so important because I think so often it's the courage piece or we don't have time. It's I'll do it later. So first of all, congratulations. That's so exciting. And it is, you know, very interesting how the universe works and brings us the things that are supposed to be in our lives. So I, I think that's really incredible that you are now also going to have another vehicle that will allow you to spread your very positive and, and empowering message. So I can't wait to check it out. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what or how you would define happiness or success for you. Wow. Happiness and success for me, and it's funny, it has changed over the years. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> and, um, but, and it should, you know, we should be evolving. We should be growing, you know. And so happiness for me is just doing the things that make me happy. It's, it's very simple, you know, feeling fulfilled, having fun, enjoying life, you know. And success for me is, is having the courage to do the things I say I want to do, you know. Something as simple as, hey, I said I was going to uh, write this book. Hey, I wrote it. Not <laughs> how many did I sell, but the fact that I did it was success for me. When I started my business, you know, uh, I was afraid to do it, but I did it. That's success for me. So again, having the courage to really define success for yourself is so important. And, and that's what really is going to make you happy, how you get to define it, not for someone else. I remember when I first started my, my company. I was working seven days a week. I don't want to work on the weekends. And so then I stopped working on the weekends. And so now I basically, I'm in my office three days a week because I don't want to work on Monday and Friday. Monday and Friday. But my dad, he used to tell me all the time, like, ask him, like, when, when do you work? You know, because he, he had in his mind working nine to five, Monday through Friday, that's what work is. And I was like, that's not what I want. <laughs> that's not what I do. And so being able to define it for myself, to live it, to create it, has been what I define as success for me. 
It's that living life on my own terms in my own way that's really going to make me happy. To me, is what success is. Yeah, you get to define it, which is is my favorite thing about happiness and success. Is it really has so many meanings, and and I appreciate that you found yours, even if it's not nine to five as your father had expected. You know, I I also would imagine there was a little bit of happiness as you saw that final copy of your book and thought about that professor or teacher that was not supportive, right? You're like, hmm, this makes me happy. And 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 I am, I I am capable of writing a book because I'm, you know, I'm going to share my message, which is fantastic. I I was so proud of that. I was so proud of me that I was able to overcome years of that defeating message in my head. I was so proud of me. Yeah, that feeling so, of just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, we we need to have moments where we're proud of ourselves, you know? <laughs> That's owning you're amazing. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm getting it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, I was very proud of myself with that. Awesome. So as we transition here, I just really one, what advice do you have or what advice would you give your younger self? Ooh, good question. <laughs> so much, right? But the main thing I would have, I would tell my younger self, I would have said, just be yourself. Who you are is enough. Who you are is enough. I thank God for my parents because those were the first two people where I felt like I was enough for, you know? I felt the unconditional love, you know? And so that was my center, my foundation. But once I got out into the world, to school, I I was vacillate between that. But now I feel like I've come back to that, to my center. And I wish that um, my younger self had not gone through so many um, twists and turns and, and, you know, because I felt like at times I wasn't enough. Who I was wasn't good enough. But I just encourage everyone just to uh, accept who you are as enough, you know? Yeah. So I, I just want to put it out there again. You're enough. All right. One last question. What advice do you want to share with our listeners today? What's the last piece of advice? If you could share anything, what is it? I really would encourage them to get to know who they are for themselves. and be excited for themselves about who they are. Even if nobody else is, really look at yourself and say, I am enough, you know, and I am amazing. And from this day forth, I am going to own my amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm owning my amazing. Yes. So Yay. that's so fantastic. Or should I say amazing? Right. <laughs> so if you guys want to learn more, I know, right. I now every, every time I hear amazing, I'm going to think of you because it, it is so powerful and it's such a powerful message. So thank you. So if you want to learn more about this amazing lady and the incredible work she's doing, follow her on Instagram at Dr. Denise Moore or on Facebook at Dr. Denise Own Your Amazing. She mentioned that and Facebook is where her community is. She also shares some great resources about her personal coaching and speaking events on her website at ownyouramazingnow.com. So Dr. Denise, thank you for being on our show today. It truly has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We're going to own our amazing together. So thank you again.
So until next time, success buddies, subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple or the podcast platform of your choice and own your amazing. Thank you for joining today's episode of Leaving Nowhere. Here's to you and you accelerating your life and career.